Hello guys and welcome back to Fit with Viv and Kate. So this week's episode, we were contemplating on what exactly we wanted to talk about. But you know, I think this topic specifically is truly the difference between having a successful fitness journey or constantly struggling and falling off and not not knowing why. And that topic is the importance of building a routine in your life. I know in like all of our episodes, I talk about how much I plan and how much my life revolves around very specific planning and routines. And that's not something that I used to do prior to my fitness journey. It's something that kind of came with working with Viv and working into a fitness lifestyle. So I'm excited to share today kind of how that changed my life personally and, and some tips for you all as you think about creating a strong routine for yourself. You know what's so funny is that Katie started building her routine when she started working with me and I started building my routine when she would check in and like tell me how (laughs) how organized and routine she was and I was like wow well Katie's like really good at getting things done like maybe I should be more organized and have a routine and I never literally never had one was never organized did not have any specific routine until like over a year working with Katie and just seeing how she was so effective at getting everything she needed to done. I was like, maybe this girl is onto <laughs> something. Let me try this out. I promise I'm not keeping any huge secrets. I think like for most of my life I had routine just by way of life, right? Like school was a natural routine. And then I had work plus school. That was like a forced routine. And now I'm just working. And so And now that we're working at home because of COVID, I had so much extra like quote unquote free time that I had to build a stronger routine for how I was going to use that time up. So it like evolves over time and like how your lifestyle is changing. So it's funny that I've helped you because like I think it's changing every day. No, you definitely have helped me. And I, well, okay, the last time I had routine was probably in high school. But I mean, even then, I wouldn't say it was a self-inflicted routine it was like you know you have to go to school and you have to go to your classes but the thing is with college I think that's where I really lost touch with the importance of routine because literally all of my classes were recorded they were all recorded (laughs) so you could sit and I went to school in Canada and it was in the winters it was negative 20 to negative 40 degrees dude you the last oh and my school is built on a hill a fucking hill dude so in the winter it's icy and snowy the last thing you want to do is wake up at seven in the morning to go to class and like walk up a hill heck to the no especially when everything is recorded right you can see the notes the slides everything on your computer like right after the the lecture was posted so why not sit in bed and do that so I never went to class unless I had a class which was very rarely um, not recorded that was the only time that I ever went And I graduated college mm, probably about four years ago now. So honestly, since then, plus the four years in college, (laughs) I never had a routine and I never realized the importance of it, especially as you grow older and you have more priorities um, until now. So I know the first question that I actually wanted to ask you was what your specific daily priorities are like. What are your, what are the things that you need to check off every day to feel like, okay, this was a good day. And I guess on top of that, do you have any non-negotiables in in the sense that you have to get this done and you will make sure you get it done no matter what? So I have a couple of things that I know like are the key to my happiness. Like at the end of the day, those are the couple of things that will really make my soul shine, which It's so funny because they're so basic. So the first thing that I know is very important for me is like eating my meals. And that sounds so ridiculous, but I used to skip breakfast. I used to like barely eat lunch and then I'd come home, eat snacks, eat dinner, do what I needed to do. But like as I've evolved my routine, I noticed like I get really hangry if I skip my meals. And my boyfriend will tell you this. Brian will say I get fussy, right? If I'm not eating or I'm not sleeping, I get fussy. So those are like that's really important for me. Um, walking has also become an obsession and a, and a key part of my routine. So I will start every morning with a mile walk 
I'll do a lunch walk and I'll do an evening walk. And those are kind of my touch points in the day where I can like center myself, get a little activity and push myself to the next point in the day, especially my lunch break. I try to take it right around noon. I'll do that instead of eating. So like for my work lunch break, I'll walk and it just kind of gives me the energy I need to survive the rest of my day. Um, So that's a non-negotiable for sure. It's the walking. And ever since I got my Fitbit where it tracks my steps, I've kind of become obsessed with tracking my, my steps. Um, and actually that's a huge tip I would give you guys. If, if you need that push, it's almost like a game, right? It like tracks your steps. It shows you if you've hit your goal that day, you know, how you're doing for the week. It kind of adds this game of gamification, which, um, helps a lot of people stay on, stay on their goals. So I I would definitely suggest a step tracker. Um, so those are my priorities. Yeah, I <laughs> food and walking. <laughs> I definitely would um, attest to the whole step tracker thing because I know for me, I actually just got a step tracker as well. I, I used to use my phone, but you have to br- then you have to bring your phone everywhere you walk. So obviously, the step tracker on your like as a watch is a lot more convenient. And I've definitely found, like Katie said, it is a lot more like it's fun. It's like a game. You want to hit your goal. However, I remember watching a video of this girl who was talking about like why she broke up with her her Apple watch because she was getting anxiety when she wasn't hitting her goal and like it was really hindering her mentally um and you know that's totally one perspective and one way to look at it and if that's your experience that's totally valid but I think you can always reframe the story in your head of oh this doesn't mean that you know, I'm bad or this is bad, but perhaps I do need to walk around more, you know, and if you have a super, super high step goal that does make you anxious and you feel like you have such a hard time hitting it, lower your step goal, you know, have a 3000 step goal or 2000 step goal, something that isn't going to make you anxious, but is going to motivate you and keep you accountable to getting off your butt especially if you work at a desk and move because I mean, let's be real moving and walking is just good for humans in general, especially with our current lifestyles. Like we are so sedentary. So just going on a nice walk or stroll, I think is so underrated for so many people and it can really help you mentally and handle so much stress in your day because you're not just constantly in your head and I know for me, one of my non-negotiables, just like Katie, is is definitely walking. And that's actually a new thing for me. I feel like I really didn't take my walking seriously until two months ago. But it has been a complete, oh my God, a complete freaking game changer. But I also do not bring my phone on my walks. And I also noticed that that was huge too. Because when I'm on my phone while I'm walking... I mean, I, and I'm, maybe I'm listening to a podcast or whatever, but I am so not present with nature. I'm so, there's so many things that you will miss if you use your phone on your walk, like how freaking beautiful flowers are, how clear the sky is, just how gorgeous the universe is and the thing that I will say from my experience is that why we get so anxious as people is because we constantly are listening to what other people are saying we're constantly getting advice from other people and it causes a lot of internal conflict and you're like well what should I do oh my gosh well this person said this is bad like I care about what this person thinks because they're successful and I should be successful too And so the thing about listening to motivational podcast stuff, which is what I used to do on my walks, is that success and what is right and wrong for you in your life is so personal. It's so, so personal. And I find that a lot of times the self-help industry helps you to a point, but after that, it can honestly hurt you and just put so many different and conflicting ideas in your head. And so the thing is when you walk without your phone, without anything in your ear and you look at nature, there's no conflict. All you, all you see and all you feel is just the amazingness of the universe, of the world, of the beauty of nature. And for me, I will say that that has been such a game changer in getting out of my own head and getting out of stressful thinking and rumination and all of that. So the walking, but the walking without a phone, absolute 
non-negotiable for me. Um, as for other, you know, daily priorities that I have, this one is a little, this is not fitness nutrition related, I feel like, but this has always been something that I've been very adamant about, which is washing my dishes as soon as soon as I am done eating. Like when I think of eating, I don't think of, oh, okay, I'm going to like eat and then that's it. No, in my mind, I'm already setting up the expectation. I'm going to eat and then I'm going to clean the dishes and then I'm going to put them in the, uh, we put our, we actually hand wash our dishes and then put them in the dishwasher as a drying rack. So that is my process. But mentally telling myself that helps set me up to actually, you know, be accountable to doing it because our minds like to know what to expect. Our minds don't really like the unexpected. So that's definitely a daily priority for me. And the reason why I say that is because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So like if you procrastinate doing the dishes, which you know you have to do eventually, you're going to procrastinate so many things in your life that you know you have to do or want to do eventually. But it's like, oh, but why would I do it right now when I could do it later? And I really think that is the crux and what causes so much strife and issues in so many people is because like they literally just want to do the easy route. I mean, this was me. I wanted to always take the easy route and I did not want to do the, the, the hard things, what I felt like were the hard things in that moment, you know? And, but that was just my habit. That was just my habit with everything. So like, that's just how I handled my life. And so really what I've learned now is when I think of something, as soon as something comes up, do not wait, do that thing right then and there. And that goes with everything. And I promise you, it's going to make such a huge difference. Um, and for other non-negotiables, I, I used to say working out would be a daily priority for me, but now I actually really taper down how often I work out because it's really helped my recovery. But making sure I do get in my workouts when I schedule them, that's definitely a priority. Um, and then my client check-ins that, I mean, obviously when you have work, that's usually a priority, but my the days I have my check-ins, that's like the number one priority for sure. So I feel like those would be my daily priorities and um non-negotiables so for Katie so I actually want to ask you I know that you are so so structured and you are so organized and you are so good at planning so how do you work in last minute plans like if if it's not something that you've scheduled and does it cause you stress like do you ever feel hindered by your organization and, and routine because it's hard to fit in you know other things yeah, that question hits me hard because I think recently it has been definitely a source of anxiety for me and it's something that I want to work on personally. Like last minute plans should not be scary and should not be like so anxiety ridden for me, but it is. And I don't know if it's because I'm so stuck on my routine. I don't know if, if it's because it, it pushes something else to the side that I feel like I have to get done, you know what I mean? So for me, it is really hard and I would say it has created a rough patch for me when it comes to like, especially social things, you know, someone will say, Hey, can we go get dinner in an hour? And the, my first thought is, Oh, I already planned my macros for today. And that is definitely not in my macros. So like, I probably shouldn't even go, or, you know, that's when I was going to go work out. You know, that doesn't fit in for me. I already had this in my head. And like my routine is not like, I don't have to do the things at the times I'm listing them in my head, but it's like, once I've said it in my brain, that to me is like set in stone. Like if I've thought it, that's how I want to execute it. And if anything differs, like it freaks me out. And it's hard for people to understand that because I, I don't necessarily communicate my routine, right? So if my boyfriend suggests something and I'm like, oh, but I had this in my head. He's like, okay, well, we didn't even talk about that. I didn't know that was going on. So yeah, it does hinder me. And it, it's, it, it is definitely something I'm working on. Does that ever happen to you? Do you feel that way? Uh, well, okay, well, let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're not living your best life because of that? Or do you feel like it's just more so you feel like you should be okay with it and you're not? I don't think I, I let me backtrack. I think I am living my best life. I think the reason I maybe get anxiety is because I feel like people don't understand me and are 
frustrated by my, by me and my routines. So so I don't think I feel bad in my own skin, but I feel like the pressure of other people is what bothers me the most. Okay. There we go. <laughs> this is some therapy ass shit, girl, because here's the thing. Honestly, to be truly I'm I'm just going to use this word, but it can mean many things. Successful in your life, you need to know what is important to you and what isn't. And just because something is important to somebody else, even if you love and care about them, and you may feel like you have to also care about that, in reality, what's happening is like, no, you like your routine. You like your lifestyle. You're just scared of the judgment of other people. But if they were like, oh, Katie, I think that it's amazing that you're organized, you probably would be like, yeah, it is, and I love it, and you would have no conflict, right? So it's not the fact that you, you want to necessarily be more go with the flow. I That's what I'm saying. I don't think you want to be more go with the flow. I don't think you want to not have your routine. I think you, just like you said, you want to feel understood yeah. by other people. I also think as you were saying that, like doing more reflection on that, I, I think my routine has almost become a crutch for me. Like if someone's like, let's go do this in two hours instead of being like, sure, that might be fun. Like I'm immediately like, no, I don't want to do that. So I'll blame it on my routine. Right. I'll say I had X, Y, Z going on. That doesn't work for me next time, but maybe I would have had a good time if, but then I know if it's something I really do want to do, I'll say, screw my routine and I'll, I'll figure it out. Right. So it's like, I'm using that routine as a way to get in and out of things, which I don't know if that's a, I don't know if I'd call that a crutch, maybe in some circumstances, but no, you're right. I think because and I'm going to speak from my experience. So obviously this is, you know, from my own bias, but I really do think if something sounds like, holy shit, that sounds dope. Yeah. Let me just fuck my routine. Like, let me do that. But the thing is, most of the things that people come up with, it, it is like, let's go eat out or let's go to the bar. Like you could do that anytime. And usually it just ends up being this for me, it ends up being the same shit. Like, but if you want to ask me to go, I don't know, cliff diving, yeah. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's something that I, I, I would never think of myself. And that sounds so fun. Like, yeah, fuck my routine. If it really is worth it to you, you will make that sacrifice. Like I remember um, I did a trapeze class and it, it was offered to me for for free. Um, I, I want to give him a shout out because I just loved it so much. I think it was like trapezius AZ. But I like normally when someone would ask me, yeah, do you want to go out to eat? I'd be like, um, I mean, not really. Like I just don't. And okay, I'm going to be totally blunt with you guys. Like there are very few people that I'm super fond of. Like I get <laughs> along with most people. I get along with everyone. But there are very few people in my life that I'm like, oh, I love that person. Like I will drop anything to do so anything with that person. Um, I actually in college, I had a best friend who like that was she dude we if she wanted to go to the grocery store I was like hell yeah with you like we have so much fun together but again okay so back to the trapeze thing like it was so unique and something that I was I was just it was such a hell yeah for me that I did not care whatever in my routine I had to push to the side um but I really think that it just comes down to you may feel bad because people are asking you and you're always saying no and you don't want to be the boring friend. But like they're not, I mean, I don't think they're asking you to do very cool things. I don't think they're asking you to do anything special. And depending on the person asking you, you probably, okay, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but <laughs> you may not like them enough to really want to be around their company. You know, like you just know those friends where you're like, oh my gosh, I love this person. I can't believe they're coming into town. Like, I'm so excited versus like, oh yeah, you know, we're friends. You know, it's cool. Like, it's just different. And so for me, I know that I will drop anything at the drop, like at the drop of a hat, depending on number one, are you inviting me to something that's actually cool? Or is it just like, you know, another place that I've eaten out all the time and like, we're just gonna sit there and like talk about, the weather or God knows what, 
Or two, are you somebody who I just enjoy your freaking energy and your company so much that like, I don't even care whatever you ask me to do. If you want to go out, if you want to drink and I don't want to drink, I don't care because I love you and your company so much. Like I'm down for whatever, even if it means that I have to, you know, wake up if I have to go to bed late, which I hate doing, like I will make that sacrifice. And it really comes down to like, honestly, do I like you that much? And do I want to do that activity that you invited me to? Like, is that something that really resonates with me and my soul? I think, yeah, no, that's a really good point. I think everything I do, like if I think about my routine and my day and how I go about things, it all comes back to like what's making me feel calm. So when I'm thinking about, you know, last minute plans, I think about how good I feel in my daily routine. Okay, then I think about adding this thing in. If this last minute plan is going to make me feel just as good or better, I'll add it in and I'll figure it out. If that last minute thing is going to cause me stress and anxiety, I'll say no. So I try to think about it as like how it makes me feel internally and try to choose my choose my activities based off that. Dude, I think that's bomb. If I could give you advice, I would say no one is ever ever going to 100% understand you. And I think this is a big uh, misconception that all of us humans have is that we just want to be understood. But how can anybody understand you if they are not you? They can't. They don't feel your feelings. They they didn't have your childhood, your parents, your boyfriends, your job. They, they cannot. Nobody. Nobody can 100% understand you. Like, okay, if you follow my Instagram, you know that I have such a good relationship with my boyfriend. But there's shit he does and there's shit that I do that we do not understand because I am not him. Like, he grew up in Compton in freaking gangs. I did not at all. I grew up in a very upper middle class white family, very safe, right? Um, but I have my own insecurities and, like, weird things that I do that I'm sure he doesn't understand because, like, he's very just, like get shit done type of stuff like don't overthink things right and so there's just gonna be things that I don't get about him and that he doesn't get about me and that's totally cool and like I I think it really is just don't have the expectation that somebody is under that someone is going to understand you like if they don't make that totally okay like cool because I understand me as long as you understand you as long as I understand me you don't have to understand me because you can't maybe on some level but fully yeah, it would be great. It would be nice. It'd be so awesome, but it's just not realistic. That's just not how the world works. And I think when you understand like, or, or change your expectations accordingly in a way that's actually going to benefit you and be like, you know what? Let me just like, I like me, like I like what I do and I like this and I'm not going to put that on anyone else. And I don't expect them to understand me or me to understand them. I promise you, you'll feel so much more at peace and and just freer and that's probably the hardest challenge you'll ever be tasked with like not caring what people think being so secure in what you love about yourself and your routines and all this stuff like we've talked about in the past letting go of toxic friendships toxic relationships people that aren't serving you like I think that's so hard to do so I think the second that you are comfortable in your own skin and you're not thinking about pleasing others that's what I would define as successful like I think that's so important and if you get there kudos to you because it is so freaking hard how do you make it easier for you because I well I guess what type of friend were you growing up like were you the very helpful um always there for you friend yeah I think I still am I'm I'm very much so I ride the line of Like, I would not call myself a people pleaser. Like, especially these days, I've gotten very, like, in tune with myself and what I need to do for me. Um, But I would say I am very service-oriented. So I'm definitely the first person to offer you a ride, to do what you need to do. Like, I will be there for you over myself any day. So so it's like a weird dichotomy because I'm, like, very focused on myself, but I would do absolutely anything for you. So I don't don't know where that puts me, but... Yeah, that I can, and well, even just saying that I could see why then you would struggle. And I think it's, if anything, it would be for you getting clear on your definition of like, okay, what is help, what is actually helping somebody else? Um, Especially if you care about them and you love them, you don't want to, you know, disappoint them or upset them. And, and having that lack of understanding can cause that. Um, So I think just really getting clear clarity with yourself of like okay does this really you know if I say no to this person does this really mean 
what I think it means, what I'm the meaning I'm giving it, that it's bad, that they're whatever, right? And I think it's redefining that meaning for you and understanding, okay, what are my non-negotiables with my friends? Like what what are the things that I really want to be there for them, right? And where are the times where I need to be there for me, but I know that even if, if it may upset them temporarily, they're still going to be okay, right? So I think maybe... I don't know, having that conversation with yourself because only you know the answer to that to help you deal with those feelings of anxiety when people do ask you to, you know, do things and maybe you don't you don't really want to do it and you really just want to stick to your routine, you know? Yeah. I also do this thing since we're doing therapy right now. <laughs> and then I'll ask you another question about your routine, but I also do this thing where I think I overanalyze somebody else's feelings and reactions without talking to them. So I'll take a very basic example. When me and my boyfriend are trying to decide what's for dinner, you know, the ultimate two hour battle where we like, nobody can decide on anything. If he makes a suggestion, I'll assume that is what he really, really wants. And he really cares strongly for. So if I like don't necessarily want to eat that, or it doesn't fit in my macros that day, I'll deal with it. And like, I'll just pick something off that menu because I think it's so important to him. Right. Then we'll talk about it later. And he's like, I didn't care if we ate red Robin, like we could have had X, Y, and Z. I don't really care. So I think I need to be better about communicating that and about the importance to me and like what, what's really important for me as well as what's important for the other person. Cause I'll just make assumptions and I'll just quote unquote suffer because I'll care more about how you feel. Do you have good communication skills? <laughs> Apparently not. As I know. <laughs> Cause that. I thought you did. Well, You're very communicative with me. Yeah, no, I think I communicate well, but I think I make assumptions and I think I will make decisions for you about how you're feeling without asking based on your body language or based on just flat comments you make. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like when I say, do you really want to do that? It's annoying, right? It's annoying to be like, is that really what you want? Like, I'm going to take it at face value. If you say you want to go eat red Robin, I'm going to assume that's what you want to do. I don't know. It's a very stupid example, but it's a daily struggle. <laughs> I, well, no, I think a lot of women specifically deal with that. Cause I think we do read into like, we're more intuitive. And a lot of the things people, like you said, body language or like the way someone says something or whatever, uh, we can read into more than what is really there. And the guys are just like, wait, what? Like, I wasn't even near that, like, field. What the heck? Like, well, stop doing that thing with your eyebrows. It makes me think you're (laughs) mad. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so wild. All right. So I want to ask you about maybe something that's been really life-changing for your habit or maybe some tips and tricks you wish your family and friends would do to make their lives a little better? Ooh, I, you know what? I actually got this habit from my dad. So Mm. yeah, kudos to him. Um, But really the most life-changing habit. Actually, I got this from my dad and Dee. So they both do this. But the most life-changing habit is to do everything very slowly (laughs) because the reason why we make bad decisions or we do things that are not in alignment with ourselves is because we don't actually sit there with ourselves like take the time think things through Mm. um you know it's like when you're rushing that shit hits a fan you drop your phone you spill your coffee whatever like it's because you are not slowing down and let me tell you slowing down I don't even know how I would tell you to do that I mean number one would be awareness for sure but slowing down is you have to do it everywhere all the time do you know how much consciousness and brain power and energy that takes if you're used to go go going because it takes a shit ton like an absolute shit ton so to give you an example um at the start of me and katie's podcast i would go down like right before she would come here and i would i would really quickly like set up our microphones and all this stuff and then she's coming and then we had to like you know figure everything out and it just was a mess because i felt like i was rushing my routine like she comes at 8 30 for us to record and around 8 25 is when i'd go down <laughs> now i make sure i get up 
very early and I do everything slowly. Like I get up, I walk very slowly to the coffee machine. I turn on the coffee machine very slowly to make sure I'm pressing the right button. Like everything's slow. I'm slow when walking my dog. You should see us walk. Like we look, sometimes we just stop and like stare into the lake. Cause I just want us to like really slow down. Same with him. I'm teaching him to slow down too. Cause you know, he, he pulls and lunges a lot. So me slowing down has really helped him slow down. But now, yeah, so I wake up earlier. I actually do my routine very slowly. And then I mosey on down around to to this morning was 7.56. And I set up all of the microphones. I unraveled all the microphone cords very slowly. I just, I literally did everything very slowly, very meticulously, very carefully. And I, yeah, it's like every, and then everything just went well. I didn't make any mistakes I didn't rush so then I didn't have to go back and like fix something that I didn't miss like let me tell you slowing down has just you don't miss anything it it allows you to be perceptive of what's going on around you it allows you to be present you can actually feel like like if you've ever you know gone out with friends and then kind of feel like you weren't even really there because you were overthinking about something else in your life like slowing down will really help you just feel like you're not missing your life which I know is really common nowadays like a lot of people feel like they're just missing their life like oh my god a whole another year went by like where did that go but it's because they were in their head the whole time they weren't even there whenever they were you know having fun or working or wherever you know so for me absolutely most life changing habit for sure and even when I drive like I actually drive a lot slower now and as you know car accidents happen when you're driving fast when you're like anxious when you're stressed and all of that good stuff so I just now I drive slow I'm like what's the rush like I'm gonna get there when I get there and it's it's crazy because now you can see all the anxious angry you know whatever people like driving really fast weaving in and out and it, you know when like someone like tries to cut you off and then like you get a red light and you're Drives still stuck nuts. at the same place you're like yeah you motherfucker <laughs> so um yeah if there's anything I could say it's just I really started slowing down and being very observant um and I just I don't rush anything anymore so yeah that I learned that from my dad although that one took me 24 years to learn from him but D living with him he models it beautifully so that probably has been the kicker for me to really you know, put it in high gear of slowing down. Um, so but yeah. it's so unnatural, right? It's so yes. against, it's so against everything we're taught. We're in the go, go, go society. We're 24 years old. We've lived 24 years in an, in an, in a place where like, you have to go fast. You have to get everything done. There's not enough time in the day. You got to get this done, that done, the other thing. And you got to have time for your family and you got to work and you got to do all these things. So like, I think that's so against everything we're told. So I, I love that you say that. Cause it's like, I think the second you do slow down, you notice all the chaos and you notice how much you need to focus on the little things and what you have to get done. So I love that. It's so hard. I can't even do that. I'm a go, go, go person. Not yet. You can't do that yet. I haven't even tried. So yeah, see, there you go. You haven't even tried. Oh my gosh. You, I mean, and the thing is you don't, no, like nobody actually does it until they get so fed up with their current mental state that they go, oh shit, I need to change something. Yeah. Like whatever I'm doing right now isn't working because I literally am on the brink of a meltdown 24-7. And I think that's what caused me to really have to slow down. I think that's with anyone. The reason people slow down is because they go so fast mm-hmm. and they fuck so much shit up in their life that they're like, mm, well, this isn't working so... Let me try something different. So yeah, that would be my, you know, life-changing habit. Now, what would be yours? So I think I have two. Um, my first thing that I live by, like I'm a diehard follower of this, is like I get everything I have to do done first. So if I start my morning, I will get everything on my list done. That's like a you, you have to get this done today. There's no option. And then it gives me, you know, six hours of, do whatever you want. It leaves a little more room for those last minute plans, right? So I just think get everything done first. You don't have excuses. You get it out of the way and then you're free to like live your life. 
which I think a lot of people are the opposite. They'll push everything, push everything. And then all of a sudden they have a half hour to get everything on their list done. Right. And then you're screwed. And then you have a bad day and you say, let's try again tomorrow. And tomorrow's the same way. So I think the second you make that choice to just wake up, get it done and then live your day out. Like that was a life changing habit for me. Same thing with the dishes you mentioned, like doing the dishes as you go. It's another thing. Just do it. Right. And then the other thing I'd say, um, I always end my day like resetting my life for the next day. So I guess the most, the key way I can like explain that is at the end of the night, I'll push all the chairs in, I'll wipe the countertops off, I'll put everything away so that when I wake up the next day, you don't see any remnants of yesterday. You're starting completely fresh. And I think, you know, it's kind of the opposite people who say, you know, make your bed in the morning. I don't do that, but I do end my day with that sense of like tidiness. Um, and that's just a good habit for like starting fresh and new the next day. Wait, I'm curious. So you don't make your bed? <laughs> I don't make my bed. What? <laughs> so what do you do? I don't do anything with my bed because what the heck? I'm not going to make it and then jump right back in it, okay? I think it's more cozy when I <laughs> get to get back in it the way it was. Dude, I'm so right there with you. The only reason I make the bed is because D makes a bed every morning. I just don't. So Okay, here's the thing. If I, whoever is stays in bed last, has has this unspoken role of you have to make the bed. So I really try to aim to be the <laughs> first one up. <laughs> yeah, because then I'm like, oh well, you were in bed last, so like that's yeah. your job. <laughs> that's fueling your early mornings. That's hilarious. I love yeah. that. Yeah, no, that really helps get me out of, the, out of bed because I'm like, oh, I don't want to make the bed. Yeah. So. That's really funny. Yeah. So I, that's, but I think he, I don't know if he likes to do it, but you know, a lot of successful people say start your day off by making your bed. And so I think he's probably done that for most of his life. I've never like, just like you. Also, I used to do all of my work in bed. So like, why would I make Mm. it to mess it up right after? That's another thing they say you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to do anything in bed. That's not sleeping. Okay, they said that, but, like, that was when I got my best work done. So, honestly, I don't agree with that. Like, I remember, like, for 20 straight hours, I was studying for my final exams in college, all in bed. And I was, the best part is I was so cozy and comfortable, and I had a lap desk that, like, I just, I was so in it. Like, I was so comfortable, nothing else was bothering me, so... Yeah, I don't know about that one. I think they say that, though, is because it makes it harder to Mm -hmm. sleep because now your mind is associating the bed with work. Um, But shit, girl, when you are studying for exams, like, you're you're ready to pass out. (laughs) So I know for me that wasn't the case, but I also have never never had issues sleeping, and I know a lot of people do. So if you do have issues sleeping, then probably don't do that. But I know for me, like... (laughs) I always will have a conversation with D like we'll be talking and then he'll like we'll just be going back and forth and then he'll be like yeah so what about you (laughs) (laughs) and he's like dude we literally were talking like two seconds ago what happened I I do that too because Brian goes to bed way later than me Brian works night shift so whatever so we'll We'll like spend some time together as I'm falling asleep. And I swear I fall into those like almost like lucid moments where I know he's talking to me, but I am asleep. So I like can't respond or I'll feel like it's a dream and I'll respond way late. And then in the morning I'll be like, did you tell me this last night? And he's like, yeah, we were in a conversation. I'm like, oh yeah, I think I was asleep. (laughs) Dude, that's hilarious. That is so funny. Okay. So I know the last question that we wanted to talk about today was our least favorite chore and I love this one because I feel like we all have something that we hate doing for D it's dishes yeah but he knows how anal I am about doing them right after and then if he doesn't like if he leaves his in I'll do them and I think it like makes him feel bad (laughs) so I think he's learned and I don't say anything I, I don't nag him so like he'll literally if he leaves his dishes in the sink I'll literally go right after and I will wash (laughs) them. Yeah. And I think it's like, oh shit. Like I probably should just, you know, wash it. If you have a, you know, decent boyfriend, hopefully. Um, (laughs) So I think he's learned that one. 
and I know that's his least favorite chore, but what is your least favorite chore? Because like, I feel like you're, like you said, you're constantly on the go. You're always doing things. And I feel like you're probably good at getting literally everything done. So I'm curious what you actually don't like to do that you still have to do. And like, how do you tackle it differently? I mean, I guess if at all. So that actually says a lot about me, my answer, I think. So like you said, I'm on the go. I like to do things immediately. So dishes I'm fine with because I can do them really fast. Vacuuming, that's fast, whatever. Those like quick, easy wins. But the one chore that I feel like drags on and on and I like can't do at one time is laundry. Like you have to put your laundry in the washer. You got to wait an hour. You got to put it in the dryer, wait an hour, fold it. Takes freaking forever. Put it away. Like it is a never ending process and it just like ruins my day. I just hate it. So what I do with laundry is I also find that if I do laundry in a time where I have other stuff going on, I'll forget about it. Right. And then you go to bed and you're like, I don't have sheets on my bed. Like I must, I messed up, whatever. So I will plan laundry around a time I'm doing something else productive. Right. So I'll put my wash in, I'll do something else that kind of takes that same amount of time. I'll come back and I'll do it all at once. If I do not finish it, like if I leave anything in the dryer, it'll be a day before I get back to it. So if I make sure I'm planning around the time it takes for the laundry to be done, I know I'll get it done right then. So I just try not to leave any room for me to leave and do something else extended that that takes me out of that moment. I love it. That's that's just how well that just shows how well you know yourself and how you work with your like I don't want to say weaknesses, but you know yeah, what I mean? Like totally. that's how well you work with it and that always that's how you do it. I mean, when people ask me like I am so tired after after work and I can't get myself to the gym. Well, if you know that you get tired after work and you know that you have to go home and change your clothes and then go back to the gym, pack your freaking clothes, like have everything ready, put your gym clothes on like right after work and then just go straight to the gym. Or due to one time, I literally just had such a hard time with motivation that I remember, I don't think, I think it was like something in my wallet that I needed. I literally put it in the gym, in the lockers and I locked it. <laughs> And so that I had to go get it. I had to go to the gym the next time. Oh my gosh. And get, yeah. But that's because you're, you have to work with what you're not good at or what you don't like to do. And like find those little hacks of like, how can I force myself to do this thing that I know is good for me that I actually want to do um, without having to exert so much energy? It's just like you have to. You know what I mean? So I think it's really playing with that. But I feel like for my least favorite chore um, on the topic of that is by far cleaning shit out of my car. Like I always <laughs> leave things around around my car, like in the drink holders, like wrappers and just like random stuff. And my mom has honestly been on my case about this for like since I would, could even start driving. Like I've always just use my car as like a trash bin it's horrible and then after like three weeks of trash I'm like okay maybe I should like you know throw this shit away so I mean this is not any special hack but now when I see something before I used to be like I, I didn't even think of it I so I, I would see the item the wrapper and then I would just like go back to whatever I was doing now when I see the item I actively say I have to pick that up or I won't do it later. I literally say that. So saying that then forces me to actually pick it up and throw it away or put it away or whatever. So really just making sure as soon as I see something, just like you said, I do not wait until it gets to a shit show point where I have to, you know, take hours now to clean it. When something is there, when something is, is, you know, in my car and it shouldn't be there or I'm done with it, I take it out. I throw it away right in that moment, right as I see it, right as I am aware of it. So for me, like by far, that's my least favorite chore. And yeah, how I've really just been able to, I guess, overcome that is just, and I think it ultimately stems from being present. I have to be so present and so not in my head that I, I can actually see the thing, register that, okay, if I don't throw it away now, I'm never going to, and then actually executing on that. But I think that's a good tip for every chore ever. So when I was growing up, we had a staircase and my mom would, um, like put our shoes on like the third step 
or, you know, something that we had to bring up to our bedrooms. Like if it was like a dirty towel she needed us to take to the laundry or it was like books that we need to go put back, whatever. She would put it on like the third stair. So if you were walking up the stairs and you walked past that pile and you did not take it upstairs, it was hell for you. Like that was not acceptable. If you ever walked past something that had to go upstairs, you just had to take it with you. So I've kind of lived that for a while. Like if you walk past it, pick it up and take it with you. So I try to do that with everything though. Like if there's junk on the living room floor, pick it up. And it kind of just stems from like not letting it snowball into some bigger issue. I think a lot of people, especially with chores, like you'll put it off, you'll put it off. And all of a sudden your house is like a hoarder's nest and like dust is everywhere and it's disgusting. But if you did it once a day, like it would never happen. Right. So I think that's, that's a great tip for everything. And it's honestly a habit. It's a habit of either not doing it and waiting for things to pile up or you can that you can change that and build the habit of picking things up as soon as you see it. And I think most people fall into the first camp. I know I definitely did, but I've really trained myself. As soon as I see something, I pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that note, with your story of your mom and like putting things on the step, I just think this is hilarious. So when Dee was a, was a kid... Um, what would happen, and I think this is why he hates doing the dishes so much, which I totally get, um, is that if he left, or if any of his siblings left any dishes in the sink, his dad would put it in their pillow. Like, no. Under their pillow. <laughs> I think under their pillow, under their blankets, oh in gosh. their bed. He would literally put the dishes in their bed that is one hell of a great way to make sure that your kids do their freaking dishes because I ain't trying to sleep with my spaghetti you know what I mean (laughs) I think you know we always say this but like I really think how you were raised just so impacts your life so I had a I had a friend in college and she came into college she did not know how to clean she did not know how to do her laundry so you know I, I saw her dorm room and her bathroom and she just like had no idea how to survive on her own And she said she like had a mother who did all this stuff for her, never made her do her laundry, never asked her to contribute to chores. So, you know, as a kid, I was so pissed I did all these chores. I'm like, why am I, I'm not your servant. Like I'm not here just to do dishes, but I'm so thankful now because it has shaped me into the person that understands like you have to do your dishes. You have to do your laundry. Like nobody likes chores, but I sure as hell like doing them 30 minutes a day rather than six hours at the end of the week. Like, I don't know. Oh my God. So my mom was just like your friends. My mom did (laughs) everything. She cleaned everything. I never, I never did laundry. I never did dishes. I never did anything until I moved out of my parents' house for college. That was the first time I ever did my chores because my mom did everything. And I remember I had a college roommate the first year and shit, her parents clearly taught her right because she was like cleaning shit. She was making her bed. I'm over here like, how you do these things like dude she probably thought I was just a sad freaking human because I didn't like yeah dude when your parents do everything for you it's so funny because oftentimes like I think a lot of people a lot of people when they become parents they're like oh my gosh I want to give my kids like what I didn't have and then they realize oh shit my kid is like spoiled and incapable and can't do anything for themselves because I did everything for them there's so much merit in honestly making your kids work like even if you're a wealthy family don't just give your kids money like it really does not teach them the value of money or how to actually work for what you want I mean that's just my opinion but like but like D had he really was taught responsibility at a very young age and I was not and seeing how much it negatively impacted me and how his organization and just being on top of things benefited him like I'm definitely in the camp of you know support your kids but make them do their own shit because then they'll come to college and be like what do I do because that was definitely me it's funny and this is my last story and then we can end it. But I went back to, I like stayed with my parents for a little while and they've almost made a full circle back. They're like empty nesters now. So like when I was growing up, we did the dishes immediately. We had a very clean house, whatever. So I went to visit them and their house is very clean still. My mom still cleans everything, but with dishes, their sink was full of dishes. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, why are you not doing your dishes the second after you do them? And then I was doing their dishes and I was like, what has happened? (laughs) 
this is so weird but it was funny to see that and I asked my mom I was like what happened to doing our dishes like as we go and she's like oh I don't know did we used to do that I'm like yes you used to make us do our dishes it's so funny oh my god that is hilarious I I literally went back to my uh my parents house on Monday no Monday whenever Mother's Day was last week and it was crazy because I noticed how my habit was to just put the dish in the sink because I was like, oh, yeah, my mom going to clean this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my Like, gosh. I was like, I was just, I had a cup and I was, I put it in the sink and then it was weird because I had two conflicting feelings. Like, one was like, oh, well, at this house, I leave it in the sink. But yes. my habit now is so, no, clean it and then, like, put it away. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to clean it and put it away because that's what I want to nurture. That's the habit I want to nurture. But it was weird to feel that come up like this is not... I don't know. Our environment is so huge. Like we have, we have conditional triggers and like being at home, my conditional trigger is don't clean up. Don't totally. do anything. Cause like that shit is going to, the cleaning fairy, AKA my mom, she's going to get right on that. Yeah, no, that's true. Like when my sister comes back in town to visit and we'll have everybody in the same house again. I mean, it's like we're 14 again. Like it is wild. Like our behaviors with each other change. Uh, like the way we live our lives, it goes back to that moment when you were kids and everybody was in that same household. And it is just so crazy how an environment can do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Environment is huge. And I always say like one of the best things you could do after a breakup is like move out of the place where maybe you live together or like move out of the city so that you don't have any of the same reminders. Cause it, Oh God, it really helps. I actually did that after one breakup. Like I actually, went back to Canada and we, uh, we were in Arizona. So that was like, I had no problem getting over that breakup. Yeah. Because everything was different. Like I didn't associate anything over there with this guy and it was so, so helpful. So if you're listening to this and like, you feel like you, you, the environment you're in isn't triggering what you would want it to. Like, I, I know it's moving and all that stuff. I mean, it ain't easy, but how much do you want to change your life? Like how much do you want to instill and build positive habits? You know, um, Okay, so I know we've been going on for a bit, and usually I am the one that closes out the podcast, but Katie, I am going to ask you to close out the podcast for us today. Oh my gosh, lucky and blessed over here. No, I think today was really exciting. I think we've shared a lot about ourselves. I think today was like a big self-discovery moment for me, so thank you all for listening as I came about some of those things. But yeah, I hope you all kind of find some routine, whatever that looks like to you. We're not saying your routine has to look like ours or it has to be structured as ours is. There's a fly flying in my face. <laughs> but I hope you find some piece of advice within this and I hope you guys have a great day and have a great week. Yes. Okay. Bye guys. We will see you in the next podcast.